0: Everybody, welcome back to Thoughts by the Vill Podcast. I am your host, Deville D.I. Today, I have a guest with me. He is a former uh, NFL player. He played for Tampa Bay. He also did uh, play a little while for uh, Cleveland Browns. And he's also an author on top of all of that. And today, he's here to um, give us a little bit of the game and, uh, and coach us up a little bit and teach us a little bit from his um, lessons of the game his book that he's out and he's promoting right now, he's pushing. We got Kevin McLeod. Say hello, Kevin.
1: How's everybody doing?
0: Now, um, first and foremost, thank you for um, participating in the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time out to talk to me for a little bit. It's my pleasure, brother. Now, um, so before we get into the actual uh, uh, the the meat of the book and, and talk about the book a little bit, I'd like to if you don't mind give the people a little bit of your background of uh, of you know where you're from and your upbringing and so on and so forth. So um I think I read that you were you were originally from Jamaica. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. That's correct.
1: Um I was born in Jamaica, Montego Bay, Jamaica and uh my parents uh left the island when I was a young boy, I was 5 years old and uh we moved to New York and I lived there for um, a few years that we moved um down south
0: and uh when I was ten and I grew up in Decatur, Georgia. Decatur, Georgia. Was it being yes. that you being that you were young, was it um like much of a of, of a transition you had to go through moving from Jamaica to the States or was it or were you just so young that it really didn't it didn't really click that there was a difference? Or was there a difference to you? Uh
1: no, it it, it really wasn't because you know when you're when you're at that age, you um you adapt very easily. Yeah, and um, you know the transition from as as far as I can remember, it it wasn't that hard. You know, uh, we fell into place, man. After I guess a couple years or so, you know, America was felt like home. You know, so the transition is a whole lot easier when you're a young
0: age, rather than you know, yeah. an adult moving from Jamaica to the states. You know, so it was, it was cool. Yeah, because I I moved around a lot. Um, you know, I was I was born in in the states, but I know for me, we in from the South up to the Midwest and then you know back to the South, and it was kind of, you know, it 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 was kind of a culture shock. I ran to a lot of culture shocks myself. That's why I was wondering. So um what was life like you growing up in Decatur?
1: It was it was great. It was great, man. I uh had a wonderful upbringing, you know, I grew up in a in a middle class uh neighborhood in the suburbs of Decatur, Georgia. Um just a a really good time um in that era, man, you know, in in Decatur, you know, things were fairly safe it's not like it is now in Atlanta things have gotten kind of <laughs> just out of control yeah it's but right. it would, yeah yeah. I mean the crime I don't know what is going on nowadays man but you know growing up it was very very safe and, and just school you know we all all the neighbors were close and and you know everyone truly
0: um looked out for each other back in those days so it was great yeah now so, at, at, at what age did you get into sports? And was football your first love, or, or you know, did you bounce around from sport to sport for a while?
1: Right, it's funny, right? Because um, I, a lot of people really don't know this, but football was not my first love. Uh, music was. And um, I actually played in the elementary school band. <laughs> Me too.
0: Yeah, I played the snare drum, and... Um, And music has always
1: been, you know, something that I've always loved. And, you know, as a kid, uh, my parents really couldn't afford. I remember just used to always bother my parents. I want to play the piano. And, you know, they really didn't have the money, you know, at the time. And so um, I had to wait a few years until I got to elementary school. And then I was able to join the elementary school band for a couple years and I played snare drum. But, um, you know, I, I didn't get into sports until the eighth grade. Like eighth grade was my first time ever playing um, any kind of organized sport. I mean, you know, of course in elementary school, you know, you play at gym and play basketball and so on and so forth. Yeah. But
0: uh, yeah, I didn't get, I didn't play any organized sport until eighth grade. That was my first year ever putting on pads and, and actually playing football. Cool, cool. So, and you, um, you were actually one of those that people that was fortunate enough to be able to play beyond high school and in the co- college. You played for Auburn. Yes, I did. Played, yes, I did. Played for Auburn, and and it was made it to the NFL. Uh, just out of curiosity, a question: um, Was it ever a point? Like that, you that you knew you had that you had that feeling that you knew you were gonna make it that far. or Was it just like you know, just a, a roller coaster ride, and you know, just kind of filling it out as you went?
1: Um, I I knew early. I, I knew early. Um, I remember like okay, so eighth grade was my first year ever playing. Okay, and I just remember they had to teach me how to, you know, get into my stance and and all this stuff. But to make a long story short, right, Mm -hmm. I've always been a super athletic kid, you you know, even though my love was music, you know, God blessed me with the the gift of athleticism. So just picking up everything that they taught me just came easy to me, you know. And um, to make a long story short by about, Halfway through the season of my eighth grade year, I really started to dominate and the next year I ended up starting varsity as a freshman mm. and so um, it was it was really at that point I had a, a really profound feeling that I can go all the way I, you know I, it was then that I knew that God has given me this this special ability here. And I'm going to use it to my advantage, you know. And I remember I used to tell my brother all the time, we used to be washing dishes, and, you know, we'll have our little talks. And i am be like, watch, man, I'm going to get a scholarship, and I'm going to go to pro. I used to tell him that all the time. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, the years went by. I've gotten bigger, gotten taller, gotten stronger. So by the time my senior year came around, you know, I was getting offers from everywhere, man. And uh, the rest is history, you know, got the... The ride to Auburn and and um, did well. Although my story with with Auburn, I, I must say it was a little disappointed.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, How's so? up?
1: I uh, well, you know, just coming out of high school, I, I was for one. I was six triple A play the year in the state of Georgia. Okay, mm-hmm. first team all state. Cab county first team preseason blue chip preseason all american i mean all the accolades i got was for defense i played middle linebacker and so when i signed at auburn they moved me to fullback <laughs> you know and it's like i played fullback a little bit my junior year yeah and then my junior year i was a two-way starter you know, um, I forgot to say, I was DeKalb County two-way play of the year as well. So, um, when I signed, it it just didn't make sense to me that my natural position was Mike Linebacker. That's all I know. That's where I was gifted at. But then, you know, you guys moving to fullback. And, you know, they lost a couple of guys to graduation. Mm. And, uh you know, I get it. You know, you want to do what's best for the team, so on and so forth. But I just felt that that was just something that didn't make too much sense for me. But I didn't complain. I went along with it, and um, and I just felt like my my career at Auburn just it 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 didn't pan out the way I expected it to. You, you know what I mean? I, I felt like I sort of wasted my time in a sense because. I just sort of got jerked around the the whole time I was there, and um, and so um, played fullback, and I basically had to learn a new position. Yeah. Cause like how we played, how I played fullback in high school, I was mo- I was a running back. You know, we ran a wishbone offense, so you know the fullbacks, man, we ran the dive, and sometimes I land up line up in a one back set. So I. I had to learn how to block once I got to college, yeah. you know? So it was just a learning process. And so um, finally got the opportunity to start my junior year and then, you know, just really start getting really comfortable with the position and just really started to dominate. And then they moved me to tight end <laughs> a week before the season starts, my senior year. damn, Go figure, right? Yeah, Tell me about it. And so, you know, I just felt like I wasted my time on the, on the Terry Wild, man. And it's something that sort of stuck with me for years. Yeah. Like, what what could I have done had I played the position I was supposed to be playing, which was my linebacker? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Folks probably would have never heard of Tequila Spikes <laughs> had I played Mike. You know what I'm saying? Because, like yeah. I said, that was my natural position. And, um... And so everything still sort of worked out in a sense. I still got drafted in the sixth round, but you know, it, it was just a roller coaster ride, in my opinion, when I was at Auburn, man.
0: Yeah. So let's get into the um, this book that you got out right now, the lessons of the game. I, I was listening to your um, on your website the the snippets that you had po- posted. And you're dropping some jewels on there. Now, Absolutely. for the people, what was it that inspired you to want to, to, to tell this side of the game, this t- side of the story? Because a lot of people, they only they only give you the, 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 the glitz and the glamour and the, and, and the great side of it. A lot of people aren't telling you the cautionary tales and so on and so forth. What made you want to be that guy to tell that side of the story?
1: Well, you know, I've, I've always been the type of person, I'm, I'm, I'm transparent, you, you know what I mean? Um, what you see is what you get, you know, I'm going to speak my mind, I'm going to tell it like it is and how I feel. And so, um, for the longest, uh, you know, and I kept, when I was playing, I kept journals, I kept logs, you, you know what I mean, of just different events and stuff like that that happened, You know, throughout my whole career, Mm. and so um, I remember I used to tell my uh, my ex fiance that uh, that one day I'm going to write a book about everything I've I've been through because you know there's so much that I think young players need to be aware of, and I'm always about giving you know people tips and advice on how they could prevent pitfalls. You know, I'm one of those guys, man, I I sincerely want to see the best for people. So if I have some information that could be beneficial, especially to the younger generation, I'm going to go ahead and give that to them. And so, um, just talking to a coworker of mine at work one day, um, he was just asking me all these questions, Mm -hmm. you know, about the league and, and what happens, you know, with the contracts and all this. And, and I had all the answers just because of everything that I've been through. And, and and even my story, just being in the NFL, it wasn't always great. I had success early, but then I had, you know, a few years of just total disappointment. So I got to see everything from the good side and the bad side of it. Some players just see the good. Some players just see the bad. I got to see both. And so I just thought it was very important that the young men that embark on this journey, they need to be aware of what they're getting ready to embark on, cause it's not that easy, you know? And there's certain things that they need to know and, and prepare themselves for, and there's certain pitfalls that they need to avoid. And so it, it was just really a, a, a no brainer for me, man. And I just got to writing, I, uh, you know, a good friend of mine, she um, she helped me with the project and uh and the rest is history, you know. And and you said it earlier, a lot of people they you know, when books any any books of of athletes who played at a professional level, a lot of times, you know, they they write about, you know, their careers and most of the time, you know, they had great careers. Yeah. They had Hall of Fame careers, so on and so forth, but no one was really telling the whole entire story about, you know, the schedule, the, 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 the workouts, training camps, you know, and I give my theories as well on how I can improve certain, you know, issues that I think that plagues the league and the players. And I give my, my, my theories, um, in regards to the behaviors of certain players, like what's going on with Antonio Brown, mm-hmm. you know, my background is in psychology. I have a bachelor's in psychology. So, I, I sort of understand the cerebral part of the psyche of the ball player. You, you know what I mean. And I try to break that whole part of it down to where people can understand where the behavior comes from, where the the sometimes the arrogance comes from, and and the the uh, the entitlement that a lot of ball players feel. You know, stuff like that. So mm. it's it's not just a book about old football. It's it's way deeper than that. You know, it's a, it's a psychological piece of work with the behind-the-scenes events and the schedule of, of training camps and the breakdowns and the business part of it. I mean, I cover 82 topics, so everything from A to Z is pretty much in the book. So people, by the time they get through reading the book, they will get a clear understanding of what this thing is about. You know, and that was what I set out to do. I wanted people to get a total and clear understanding from the beginning to end of what this journey is about. And sometimes it's going to be good. And if you make it, it's going to be great. But you just got to be careful. So, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I noticed that you like you, you spoke on everything from high school. I believe you even started like back. You started talking about back in Pop Warner. Ball and, and and worked your way all the way up, and I think that's that's really dope. And like, um, because one of the thing, one of the things that I have in my little uh, water cooler talks with people at the office or, or at the gym or whatever is you know this debate going on right now, or should the college guys get paid? Should they not get paid? And I'm one of the people that feel like they they definitely should be compensated at the least for when their likenesses is being used or when their jersey sells. Because if you go buy a number eight jersey for whatever university, nine times out of ten, you're buying that number eight because of the kid who's wearing that jersey, not because you just like the number eight. And um, what really bothers me is, and I want to ask your opinion about it, what really bothers me is when people are like, well, they're uh, they're getting a free education, they're getting a free education, and to me, I'm like that education is not free. Those those guys are working hard, day in day out for that education. What what do you think about that?
1: Um. Yeah. And and what, that's one of the topics that I go into depth about in the book. Mm-hmm. Um. I break down the NCAA and I break down the uh,
0: the economics of it all. What's being made um, from the merchandise
1: from the school, so on and so forth, versus how much the scholarships work. Yeah. So. I've always been an advocate for players getting paid. And I'll be the first hand the, the first one to tell you, look, there were days that we used to be hungry in those dorms. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. It's had, not what people think,
0: man. I had a brother you who know, yeah. played for um he played for Virginia Union and he used to come home and tell us the same type of stories, but go on.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um and so when you look at what the scholarships are, are valued at and what they're worth compared to what the school is making off of the ball ballplayers, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an embarrassment to know that we are not profiting from our own likeness and these universities are making so much money. We're talking about millions upon millions of dollars and so it's basically the scholarships. If I could equate it, it would be like you work a, a two a, a, a two um a two week
0: shift, right? Mm-hmm. And you only get about fifteen
1: percent of your check. Mm-hmm. If I can compare it, that's what it's like compared to what the schools are making. That's we're only getting. You know, a portion of 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 of, of our worth of, of our blood, sweat, and tears, and it's only right, man. It's it's been long enough, and now things are changing. But it's it's to me, it's just one of the the biggest rackets I think that's ever been done in America, man. And it's a, it's a shameful because. You have the NCAA that are punishing these young men, right, mm. for accepting money. And and we're talking about some of these young men are coming from impoverished situations. You take them away from their home where, at least at home, they have their, their mothers and fathers to depend on. But you take them from their home, put them in in the college and say, hey, go and play football. We're going to provide you know, a couple meals for you, and that's it. And sometimes those cafeterias are closed on weekends. They give you a little little BS stipend, but it's, 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 I can't even remember the amount it was. It was ridiculous. There were days that we were in that dorm starving. So it forces a lot of players to go out and sometimes do illegal things just to survive.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: if they're gonna offer me a scholarship, I shouldn't be worried about if I'm going to be able to eat next week or whatever the case may be. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just really unfair. And, and and again, compared to what the colleges are making, come on, man. The, the problem is people don't understand the economics of it. They don't understand the dollars that's, that's actually you know being made off the backs of these young men. And so it's
0: time for change, man. And the movement has begun, thank goodness, you know? Yeah. And then yeah. on top of that, you have to deal with things like you spoke of. You know, you you coming in, experienced and, and, and been successful at, at one position, and then, you you know, you get there and, and it's like, okay, well, we don't want you to do that. We want you to learn how to do this, you know. And it's, you, you basically got to do it, right, if you want to code on to your scholarship.
1: Exactly exactly you got to be a team player you got to do what they say else they'll get you up out of there that's how this game goes man you know and this is why I say there's nothing about it that's amateur yep. it's a business it's professional football and, and one of the topics in there that I have in the book is college football is the pros mm-hmm. they need to go ahead and eliminate that that amateur tag that they love to attach to college football. Cause there's nothing about it is amateur, it's professional, it is a professional sport.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, because and they're, and they're, they're and they're coming in and they're limiting, you know, your access to finances and so on and so forth. Like, like I'm not uh, you. You probably uh, well, you definitely know better than I am, but than I do. But like you, I've heard stories of things like. Um, getting some somebody buying you a meal could be a violation of the uh, of the NCAA's policy is that Absolutely. Wow.
1: Absolutely. It, they it's, they have some of the most ridiculous rules ever, man. Like you can't accept nothing. Not a shirt, not some free shoes, nothing. You can't you can't accept a plane ticket, you can't accept 10 damn dollars. <laughs> You accepted your your whole life could be in your jeopardy. Your scholarship, everything could be in jeopardy. And I'm like, that is the biggest foolishness I've ever heard in my life. It's like you're using our likeness to make money off of us, and you want to punish us for making money off off of our own likeness.
0: Yeah.
1: Or if somebody wants to give me a gift. Because I had a great game, I can't accept it, and you're going to suspend me for that? But then you want to suspend me, but then you need me to make money. It's it's a catch-22, man. It doesn't make any sense at all.
0: Yeah. You know? And then um, once you actually make it to the league, a lot of the kids think, you know, that's the smooth And then Now, uh, what do you have to say about that?
1: It's a lot. You know, um, making it is is a court of the battle, man. You know, getting there is a court of the battle. Making it is a whole nother story yeah. because what is your your idea of making it? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Some guys play one year, some guys play two years. Now, if you're able to make a career and and play, you know, six, seven years, you've made it. But it's hard to be able to do that because a lot of issues can come into play. And so it's just not as easy as as, as these guys think, man. Yeah, you know, yeah. you have to understand there's thousands of players out there that's trying to do the same thing that you are. So those numbers, it's only 53 men allowed on each roster. So you compare 53 um, players on each team compared to thousands of of new crops of players that come in year after year. Yeah. So the numbers just get smaller and smaller, but you know, once you get in, it's still hard to mean to keep a job because you're in constant competition with different players. You know, even, even if you sign a lucrative deal, you still have to produce because if you don't, you gone. They're not going to pay
0: you millions of dollars if you're not producing. So these are just some of the things I will talk about in the book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I saw I saw a guy um, I follow on, on Instagram. I'm not going to mention his name, but uh, I follow him on Instagram based on his highlights. He went to a, um, a smaller college, and I just I just ran across his highlights one day, and I was like, dang, this dude's a beast. So I started following him on Instagram, and I watched him. You know, uh, um, celebrate uh, his moment when he he did get get drafted. He wasn't drafted, you know, high, but he was drafted. And you know, I watched all of his posting all of his pictures the preseason, and and he played in a couple of games. He scored a touchdown or two in the preseason, and and now he does, like you said he doesn't have a job though. He still didn't make make the team, you know. Right. And that kind of. That kind of blew me away from the outside of looking outside looking in, because that was the first time I had ever actually followed somebody and saw, you know, somewhat of the process, and was like, you know, he was there. I'm wa- I'm watching you on TV. You're, you know you're scoring, you're playing your, um, what's we you call? You're doing well on special teams and so on and so forth. And I was like, you know, he, he's in there. He made it, but it, no, right. he didn't. He didn't. He's he's, you know. St- at home now, uh, playing his old highlights from last year. Still trying to get a job.
1: Right, and and a lot of times, and I'll talk about this in the book. A lot of times, the best man don't always win. I've seen some of the most talented guys you ever see put on a damn helmet, man, get cut. I mean, some monsters. And you, it's it's a it's it's about you know situations that occur. You know, they. if you got a multi-million dollar player that they've invested tons of money in and they like, you know, nine times out of ten, you're not going to be able to beat that guy out. You know, and and you can fall into the numbers game. It's just so many different variables as as to how players make it, man. And so this is just another important thing that these young guys need to be aware of that. <laughs> no matter how good you play sometimes you can still you know get your walk you don't know, get the, those walking papers man yeah uh, so that's just the reality of it'
0: I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of politics behind that too because it it doesn't matter if you if you work at a grocery store once you get up into the offices it's, it's a lot of politics behind every move that they make. So I would assume there's a lot of that you know buddy buddy system and who knows who and who's connected to who's going on in the league too. And
1: I discussed that in the book. I discussed that in detail about the company guy. And it, it it's a lot of politics involved in there. Well, you know, the NFL and that's one of the topics I discuss also. Um, the NFL is a fraternity, man. You know, one of the topics is called the fraternal order of the NFL. And a lot it's a lot of times, man, you have certain guys who make the team that has no business making the team. But because, you know, this guy's agent, you know, played college football with with this guy, this team over here is GM, you know, certain strings can be pulled. You know, there's situations like that happen, man. And so the politics is real. And I'll discuss that in detail.
0: Okay, so... I don't want to hold you up too long, but um before I let you go, uh tell the people uh, uh what you want them to know about your about your book.
1: Well, you know, my my book is just not your regular everyday football book, you know. It's a uh it's definitely it's a a psychological book that really analyzes the behaviors it's more than just football the x and os it's it's just deeper you know i take the, the the reader on a journey from the little leagues all the way to the pros and i i try to dig deep into you know the the like i said the psychological part of of who we are as players and why we behave the way we do. Then, for those who want to get an understanding of the business, I discussed that as well. So it's a really, it's a full book. You know, it's just not this piece, this piece. I cover a whole lot. And so if, if you are definitely interested in college football, or if you have sons who play and want to know what they're embarking on,
0: this is definitely the book for you to read. And I'm proud of it, and I'm glad I wrote it. <laughs> was the, was the, uh, this your first book? It wasn't your first book, was it?
1: My first one.
0: This is your first book? Yeah. And um, where can we find it?
1: Uh, just go to my website. It's www. www.kevinsbook book. B-O-W-W, I'm, not, I'm sorry, dot com That's com And um, you'll be able to purchase the the ebook I have Kindle and Nook, as well as the audio book and also the paperback from the website. And I have um, just my bio and some pictures when I played and stuff like that so the viewers can sort of get to know me on a personal level. Via the website, so I put some pretty good information on there.
0: Yeah, and you also have those snippets on that. I enjoyed those snippets. It really, right. it really got me interested in the book. Once I just put them on and threw my headphones on and let them play through, and I was like, "Yeah, this is this, this is something different than um, you know your usual uh, a book that an ex ball player would, would write." You know, and I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely uh, backing you on this one, and I'm gonna grab me a copy.
1: Appreciate it, brother. Appreciate it.
0: Now, uh before you go, if there's one, let's, let's for the for the younger uh listeners, the, the the young guy, the high school guy, the college guy who's aspiring to get to the NFL, if there's one piece of advice that you could give them, what would that piece of advice be?
1: Take it seriously. Do not take it for granted if
0: you are a, um, a free agent or, or a later
1: draft guy that got drafted in the fifth or sixth round and you made it, all work your hardest, man. Learn everything you can learn, not only about offense, learn the other side of football because that's going to really help your football IQ when you completely learn the whole game in its entirety, rather than just you know the X and O's of offense or or the schemes of defense, learn both. And that was one thing that that I didn't do when I was there. I I, I did not dig into the, the the cerebral part of football enough, and I allowed my my appetite for going out and partying and hanging with my teammates, you know come first and foremost over what I should have been done, which is taking football seriously because ultimately if you don't know what you're doing and if you out partying and, and, and drinking and having a good time, it's going to affect your game. Whether you like what you want to believe it or not, it will. So eliminate the party. Wait until the off season during football season take it seriously man I can't stress this enough take the game seriously
0: and that's it <laughs> yeah, man. I think that's great advice because you know for every level that they step up the the, the competition gets harder and harder you could Absolutely. be you could be the best guy in your um you know your region in high school and then you get to college and you're with the rest of the best guys from their region or their high school, their high school's region. And then when, you know, when you get to the, to the league, you're stepping up again. So you, you definitely have to stay on top of your game as if in anything that don't just apply to ball that applies to, to any aspect of life that you in. The the higher up that you go in and, and the higher you, better you aspire to be the more you're going to have to dig in, you know, and, 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 and study whatever it is that you're doing, you know, because there's there's always a guy who's going to be a little bit better or he may know, you know, the lady over here in HR, or he may get that advantage or he was in, you know, the fraternity with the guy who runs the hiring. And so you all, definitely always have to stay on top of your game no matter what aspect of life you're, you're dealing with.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You need an edge. And just like you said, on that level, everyone's good. <laughs> Everyone, yeah, exactly. The backups are good. The third strings are good. Everyone's good. So, in order to compete and actually win, a lot of times you have got to have that edge. And the more you know, the more knowledge you have, the the more you're in shape, you, you the better chance you have to 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 win. You, you understand what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I had one of the, I had one of those. Aha moments recently I went to um me and my buddy uh, uh Sean you met him also uh the other day we were together we went to uh Falcons game mm-hmm. and we were we were down on the sideline we had to we're down on that sideline area and you don't really respect the speed of the game until you're on that level and you see these guys come zipping past you and it's like, yeah. what, what the hell was that? That was a person, that, you know. Because everybody, who, everybody who ever played ball on any level, will sit we sit back on Sunday and we say, uh, "Yeah, I probably, I think I could have made it. I could have did that. I could." And then, but when you are on that sideline and you see this guy just right, you like, "What? Damn! Who's who was that?" And then you look at this, it's some guy? No disrespect to to the guys that we haven't heard of, but just somebody we never heard of and you just zip past, you know, at 100 miles, hour. you're like, well, damn, no, nah, I, I never could have did that, <laughs> you know. Like I said, man, let,
1: everybody is good on
0: that level. Let me get back. Everyone. Let me get back to Everyone's hey big.
1: Everyone's big. Everyone's fast. Everyone's talented. <laughs> yeah. And you really, you really, like you said, you really don't get a true respect for it until you're up and close, and you really see it, you know, live that's when you that's when you really get to see like oh my gosh you know this dude is like 64 240 running like that
0: yeah <laughs> yeah
1: know?
0: but um either way man once again thank you for uh coming on the show really appreciate you being here and um to my listeners as always thank you i love each and every last one of y'all and i appreciate y'all for tuning in to thoughts about the villa di podcast keep tuning in we got more great stuff to come more great interviews to come Thank you for thank you again uh, uh Kevin No problem brother appreciate it